Nolan Investigations. I run that Boston-based detective agency that my dad started many years ago. Now that dad is retired, it's up to me, and my mom Gladys, to keep this place in the black. I've seen a lot of strange things in my time here, and I never know what the next knock on the office door is going to bring. I'm Jim Nolan, Private Eye. Misfits Audio presents episode 19 of Jim Nolan, Private Eye, The Six O'Clock Murder. We're back in three, people. Three minutes. Look alive. Blue, fix that light on Sharon's face, will ya? We're getting some shadow. The scene is the evening news set of Boston TV station WIXO. Jim and Gladys sit off camera, talking about what will soon be happening. Something Jim is dreading. I don't know about this, Mom. Why? A TV commercial for a private investigation firm? It it just doesn't seem right. It will be great publicity. But is it ethical? In today's economy, we need to balance our ledger and our ethics. I know, but... We have the money to spare right now. We might not later. I know that too. Then what? Shouldn't Dad be doing this? (laughs) Your father would never appear on television. Not in a million years. He'd be too nervous. Thanks a lot. Besides, you're the face of Nolan Investigations now. Lucky for Nolan Investigations. And what a face it is. You keep pinching my cheek. You're going to smear this stuff they put on me. It's called makeup, honey. Great. Another reason for me to feel uncomfortable. I'm glad Lieutenant Carmichael isn't here to see me dolled up like this. I'd never hear the end of it. Fortunately for you, Walter is on vacation. Lieutenant Carmichael took time off? Wow. Yes, he's down in Florida. Good. That should be far enough away. Makeup's no big deal. It's just for the camera. You can wash it off later. Can't be soon enough for me. Stop worrying. I hope I don't sound stupid. You won't. You have great stage presence. I do? Sure you do. Don't you remember how you brought down the house in Brigadoon? That was in high school, and I was in the chorus. It's like riding a bike. It'll come back to you. I hope so. Mr. Nolan. Yes? I'm Hugh McCabe. I try to run things around here. Glad to meet you, Mr. McCabe. This is my mother, Gladys. Yes, we've met. Good to see you again, ma'am. You too. I'll cue you when it's time for your commercial. We should cut to you in about ten minutes, just before the sports report. We understand. Is that backdrop okay? It's just a drawing of some bookshelves, but... It's perfect. Thanks. See you in a bit. Hold on a second, Mom. I'm doing this thing live? Of course. I thought we were taping it in case I screw up. Oh, no. 
That's much more expensive. You said we have the money. We don't have that much money. I, 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 You'll do just fine, dear. Don't worry. But all those people watching. How many people can possibly be tuned in? Most of Boston, that's who. WIXO has the top-rated newscast in town. Then we'll get our money's worth. Mom. Three, two, one, now. And now, back to WIXO's Evening News, Boston's best source for all the news you need to know, down the block or around the world. Here again are anchors Sharon Waters and Neil Hiller. President Ford held a primetime news conference last night, which was broadcast live here on WIXO. Now with a recap of what the president said is our Washington reporter. That's gunfire. Go to commercial. Go to commercial. What in the name of... Sounds like it came from backstage. Come on. Dressing rooms. I'm right behind you. Nothing here. Here neither. Oh, dear. Jim, Mr. McCabe, in here. That's Artie Beechcroft. The weatherman? Yes. I'm afraid it was Artie Beechcroft. He's dead. No pulse and five bullets to the chest. A beloved local weatherman has been killed in his own dressing room. Why would anyone do this? Luckily for Hugh McCabe and the staff of WIXO, Jim and Gladys are on the scene. With them, we'll investigate Artie Beechcroft's death in Misfits Audio's latest Jim Nolan Private Eye Mystery. The Six O'Clock Murder. Who could have done this? I don't know. Yet. Could it have been a... a suicide? I don't see the gun anywhere. Also, I've never heard of someone committing suicide with five bullets. One would do the job, and after firing that first bullet, I doubt he'd be capable of emptying the rest of the magazine. So we're looking at a homicide. I would say so. One of my people did this? Most likely. I I can't believe that. You'd better believe it, Mr. McCabe. What did it take us to get back here and find the body after we heard the first gunshot? Two minutes? Whoever pulled the trigger got out of here but fast and blended in with your crew. A visitor to the station would stand out. That makes perfect sense, but I just... I need you to get in touch with your security staff. Starting now, no one is to enter or leave the building. I can't do that. Do you want our help, Mr. McCabe? We're here for you, but we need to know now. Can... can you catch whoever did this? I believe we can. We'll do our best. Yes, please. I want your help. 
then you need to make sure no one enters or leaves the building until further notice. But I have a news operation to run. My reporters are heading out to cover stories all the time. Unless you secure the building, the killer will walk out the front door scot-free and we'll never learn who murdered Mr. Beechcroft. <sighs> I'll talk with Pete Moore, my head of security. He'll see to it that no one leaves the premises. Also, no one is to enter the building. If the shooter is still here, we don't want to add anyone else to the mix of potential suspects. I understand. And Mr. McCabe? Yes? Call the police. Will do. Ralph? What is it, boss? Get to the set. I need you to sub on the weather report. Sure, if you say so. What... what happened? Jim, over here. What is it? There. Look. Hmm. A wet spot on the hardwood floor. Conveniently located behind these tall curtains. Certainly enough space back there for someone to hide. Someone with a gun. The spot's about the size of two feet. Wet shoes? I suppose. How about the window? No chance of leaks from there that I can see. It looks new. And no water marks on the ceiling from a leaky roof. That water was brought into Beechcroft's dressing room, likely on his killer's shoes. It hasn't rained in a while, though. What do you mean? It did earlier today. Buckets. When? On my way here. That's why I was a little late. I had to pull over into the breakdown lane. I couldn't see a thing, even with my wipers on full. What time was that? Oh, about... 5.15. It didn't last long. You know how those summer storms are. It pours for ten minutes, then... nothing. It was all over by 5.30. I didn't hear a thing in here. The studio is soundproofed. You wouldn't have. Beechcroft's killer must have gotten stuck in the same storm you did. Maybe on his way to the station. And he couldn't get to his car fast enough to avoid getting soaked. sense. I wonder if McCabe's front desk security guard makes people sign in and out. Knowing who came into the building around that time would be a big help. You should be back soon. We'll ask him. Whoever you are, you didn't do the best job of covering your tracks. Your wet tracks. We'll find you. What was that? Something fell out of the curtains. What do we have here? Well, careful how you handle it. The police will want to check it for prints. Don't worry. An empty candy bar wrapper. A Snickers. What was it doing in the curtains? No idea. It's sticky. Maybe some of the melted chocolate made it stick to the curtains. Like glue? Right. It's not the whole wrapper. The top's been torn off to get to the chocolate. Could it belong to Beechcroft's killer? I think we can count on that. Why? It's wet, too. <laughs> <laughs>
I called the police. Lieutenant Wagner will be here shortly. Wagner? Must be the officer filling in for Walter. Did you speak with your security guy? I did. Pete will make certain. The hell? <laughs> so sorry, boss. I couldn't. Is this how you make sure that no one enters the building, Pete? But, Mr. McCabe... But nothing. I ordered you to... Boss, this is Greta Beechcroft. Artie's wife. Oh, we've... we've never... I couldn't tell her that she couldn't... Well... You know. No, no, I guess not. Mrs. Beechcroft, I'm Hugh McCabe, the news director. Why, Mr. McCabe, why? Who did this to my auntie? We don't know yet, but we're going to find out. These nice people are helping us, and the police are on their way. Why? Ma'am, I need you to go with Pete now. He'll show... No! May I? Please. Mrs. Beechcroft, may I call you Greta? Sure. My name is Gladys, and this is my son, Jim. My condolences. You're very kind. We're from a private investigation firm, and we're going to help the police find out who did this. Thank you. You look like you could use a break. How about you and I go have a chat and some coffee? I can't leave my Artie. The police will be here soon, and they'll want to look the room over. You don't want to get in the way of their investigation. No. No, I don't. Mr. McCabe, is there a place where Greta and I can sit and talk? There's a break room down the hall, third door on the left. There should be some coffee in the pot. How does that sound, Greta? It sounds good, but Artie. <laughs> Jim will come and get you if the police need to disturb Artie's body in any way. Won't you, Jim? Of course. Okay. But once the police are done... No one will keep you from Artie. I promise. Okay, Pete, get back to the front desk. Yes, sir. Remember, no one enters or leaves this building. No one. I don't care if the Pope shows up. No go. Understood. If anyone gives you any lip, you tell them to see me. Will do. Help these days. Mr. McCabe, what's the security procedure at the front desk? You brought me to the studio. Do your employees sign in and out? No. Pete, or whoever's manning the desk, knows everyone and waves them through. My reporters need to come and go in a hurry. Mom was able to open that door with no problem. Is the lock broken? Artie was never one to lock a door. Anyone could drop in and have a chat with him. He was everyone's pal. I don't think he had an enemy in the world. Except for one. That's 
true. Is something wrong? I feel a little uneasy talking about Artie with him lying there. Could we cover him up? Out of respect? Sorry, but no, it's best not to disturb anything before the police arrive. If you say so. Tell me about Artie. What do you want to know? Everything. Ah, uh, he was a great guy. A real prince. He and Greta had six kids, and he was a grandfather several times over. He's been at WIXO since I was a teenager. I remember watching him forecast the snowstorms, hoping there'd be enough to cancel school. How old was he? 64. Was he planning to retire? Not that he told me. He loved his job. He'd go to an area school every Wednesday and talk to the kids about what it was like to be a meteorologist and work at a big TV station. He'd show them around the studio on the weekends. He even had a fan club. What other weatherman in the country can boast of that? Look around. Is anything missing? No. Not that I see. Was Mr. Beechcroft into junk food? Chocolate? Artie, certainly not. He was a health nut. He wouldn't go near chocolate. I can't tell you how many times I saw him slugging back this wheatgrass drink he made in the blender. The smell of it nearly made me gag. Is anyone on your staff into chocolate? Why all these questions about chocolate? Just answer me, please. I'm not aware of anyone who's a, what do they call it? A chocoholic. I suppose everyone has a Hershey bar now and then. But nobody with whom it's a real vice? Mr. Nolan, everyone at WIXO works very hard. Most of my people are here for 12, maybe 16 hours a day. They do what they need to do to keep going. Some of them drink too much coffee. Some of them smoke too much. Some of them, for all I know, eat a lot of chocolate. If they're doing their jobs, I don't butt in. Is there a little store in the building? A place to buy soda, gum and such? Not anymore. We had one in the lobby, but it closed last year. Where do you people go if they want to buy, say, a cup of coffee? There are a few convenience stores nearby. The station provides coffee, but it's not the best stuff. <laughs> Most free coffee isn't. I see that the trash barrel is empty. The cleaning crew comes in around five. Where do they put the trash they collect? There's a receptacle in the basement. We keep it there until trash day. When's that? Yesterday. Every Tuesday. Could you show me the trash bin? Uh, sure. If you want. I do. How's Greta, Mom? A little better. She's making some phone calls to relatives to tell them the bad news. It hasn't been an easy day for her. Get the door, McManus. Yes, Lieutenant. I'm looking for Hugh McCabe. I was told he'd be back here. Right here. I'm Lieutenant Kate Wagner of the Boston Police Department. Pleased to meet you. May I present Gladys and Jim Nolan? Of Nolan Investigations? Yes. Lieutenant Carmichael speaks very highly of you. Walter is an old family friend and a fine man. Is something wrong, Mr. Nolan? Uh, not at all. Uh, I'm just uh, a little surprised that, well, hmm. that you're a woman. No wonder Walter spoke so highly of your private detective skills. What I meant was... I know exactly what you meant. I've run into your type before. My type? You're so set in your chauvinistic ways, you can't believe a woman could be a lieutenant in the Boston PD. Not my son. I never said... Have you know I've worked very hard to get where I am today. I'm sure you did. 
There aren't many female police lieutenants in the whole country. I'm very proud to be one of them. As you should be. <laughs> Look, Lieutenant, I'm afraid we got off on the wrong foot. Let's take it from the top. I'm Jim Nolan. We got started on exactly the foot you chose. Your prejudices are quite clear. I never... We're wasting valuable police time. Perhaps it would be best if we have as little to do with each other as possible. That will be tough. Mr. McCabe has asked us to investigate Mr. Beechcroft's murder. You have, Mr. McCabe? Yes. Yes, I have. Very well. Just don't get in my way, Mr. Nolan. McManus. Yes, ma'am. The coroner should be here shortly. Go wait by the main door and bring him here as soon as he arrives. Right away. Lieutenant, we found some evidence. I'm not interested. Unless I discover the evidence myself, I consider it hearsay. But this... I'm sure you heard me. Jim is only trying to... Why are you so hostile? Lieutenant Carmichael never treated me like this. How Walter Carmichael treats you is no concern of mine. I'm here to solve a murder, not to worry about your feelings. Obviously. Jim! Walter can't get back from Florida soon enough. You may be counting your chickens before they're hatched. What do you mean? I have my eye on this position permanently. What about Lieutenant Carmichael? He's contemplating retirement. Walter, retire? Never. He's been on the force for 33 years, Mrs. Nolan. He's earned his stripes. I've already told the chief of police if Walter does retire, I would like to replace him. Wonderful. Mr. McCabe? Yes? I'll need a complete chronology of what happened. Of course. Mrs. Nolan, I'm sure you and your son have somewhere to go. Actually, Mr. McCabe was about to show us... Mr. McCabe will be staying here with me. Hugh? Um, Pete can show you two downstairs. Tell him I said to. Someone else can man the front desk temporarily. We'll stop at the break room and tell Greta what's going on. Thanks. Who's Greta? The victim's widow. I suppose she must be present. Yes, she must. I'm sure we'll meet again, Mr. Nolan. Most likely. Are you forgetting something? No, but I think you might be. What's that? Common courtesy. Let's go, Mom. Any sign of the rest of the wrapper? Not yet. What did you do with the other piece? I left it for the cops to find. If the wrapper is from the killer, why didn't he wait to eat it until after he pulled the trigger? He must be a real chocoholic. <laughs> Look at me. Four years in college and here I am, picking through a trash bin. Just be thankful it's not too full. Mom? Yes? Did I do something wrong upstairs? With Lieutenant Wagner, you mean? Yeah. Not that I saw. Like she said, she's one of very few female police lieutenants in the country. When you first met her, you were surprised. You can't hide your feelings. I tried to make amends. I know you did. I'm not 
used to having an adversarial relationship with the police. Lieutenant Carmichael has always been so great. He helps me out, I help him. Do you really think he'll retire? He might. He's about your father's age, and he's retired. I, I can't imagine working with a police lieutenant who hates me. She doesn't hate you. Well, she's certainly not fond of me. That's more like it. Thanks a lot. All I'm saying is that you can't expect her to be Walter. You've known him for years, well before you started working for Nolan Investigations. He's been over to the house dozens of times. I guess you're right. Lieutenant Wagner will warm up to you. Why is she like that? Oh, I don't know. Insecurity, maybe. What do you mean? She's doing a job that many people think is for men only. She might feel she needs to be tougher than any man would be in the same position to prove herself. As long as I didn't do anything wrong. She'll grow to like you. You think so? How could she not love that face? Anything? No, if the rapper's in here, it's hiding pretty well. What is that? What's what? Smell. Something sweet. It smells like... Pancakes. That's it! Maple syrup! It's coming from this cup. It looks like old coffee. Maple Coffee? The All Night Market, 847 Charles Street. I know that place. It's a little convenience store not far from here. What do you have there? Today's paper. Some of the ink is smeared. Right, and it's crunchy, like it was once wet and is now dry. Wet from the rain? Could be. That would explain the smeared ink, too. Maybe whoever bought this coffee at the all-night market also bought the paper and a Snickers bar. Yes, that's definitely one of our newspapers. How can you be so certain, Mr. Marks? See that little number 17 in the circle there? My missus does that. She numbers the newspapers? She sure does. Why? Sometimes a distributor tries to short us. We pay for 25 newspapers every day, and that's what we expect to get. Sadie makes the guy stand there while she writes a number on each one. You sure that's her handwriting? Very sure. She always uses a red marker. And you see that seven? Yes. There's a little line across the middle. She tells me it's called a French seven. Now, I don't know why she writes her sevens like that. She's no more French than I am. I'd recognize Sadie's sevens anywhere. Is she here now? I'm afraid not. This is her night off. She goes out to dinner with her girlfriends. Where to? I have no idea. After 34 years of marriage, I find it best not to ask a lot of questions. This coffee cup, it smells like pancakes. Maple, it's the flavor of the day. Flavored coffee? It's a new thing one of our suppliers is trying out. A new flavor every day. Maple is today's flavor. Does it sell well? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Depends on the flavor. It's more expensive than the regular brew. Personally, I don't go for it. Do you sell Snickers bars? 
Of course, they're one of our best sellers. Can you think of anyone today who bought the newspaper, a maple coffee, and a Snickers? Geez, that's, uh, that's tough to say. We got a lot of customers. We're in a good location. After a while, and please don't tell anyone this, especially Sadie, their faces all kind of blend together. There are times when I'm so bush that I don't even look up at the customer as I'm ringing up his order. This person would have come in here during that rainstorm earlier tonight. Then, huh? Boy, that was a doozy. The sky just opened up. He may be from WIXO. The TV station? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the weatherman was in here around that time. Audie Beechcroft? No, the, the other one. The guy who fills in for him. The one with the big hair. Oh, what's his name? Ralph. Uh, Ralph Sanford. Yeah, that's the name. Like in Sanford and Son, the TV show. He bought all three items? I'm pretty sure. He stops in here most every weekday and buys a candy bar. He's a big chocolate eater, and he really is proud of his hair. Bane. Can't be sure, but I think it's a toupee. And he was here when the rain came. Yeah, I remember now. He said that he couldn't wait out the rain because he had to get to the station. He grabbed the coffee and the candy bar, put the paper over his head so his toupe wouldn't get wet, and ran to his car. He was worried that the hot weather we've been having would melt the Snickers bar before he had a chance to eat it. <laughs> I remember thinking how funny it was that a weatherman got caught in the rain. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Marks. You have been a great help. Ah, you're welcome, both of you. Uh, say, can I interest you in something before you go? No, thanks. I got some of that maple-flavored coffee left. Not selling well. Nah, and maybe it's just me, but I can't understand why people would buy it. Coffee's pretty cheap. I hope I never see the day where Americans are fool enough to shell out their hard-earned cash for fancy schmancy coffee. And now for the late weather for the next several days, including the weekend, we turn to meteorologist Ralph Sanford. Hot out there today, Ralph. And humid. That's right, Sharon. The temperature at Logan Airport hit 97 degrees today. If you don't like this kind of weather, I'm afraid you're not going to be a happy camper until perhaps Sunday. We need three days of 90 degrees or above to mark an official heat wave, and I have no doubt we'll see that. Temps should top out in the mid to upper 90s tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. It looks like a cool front will find its way in here late Saturday or early Sunday, triggering a line of potentially severe thunderstorms, dropping temps back into the 80s and giving us a temporary respite from this I really hate to admit it, Mr. Nolan, but I think you may be right. The facts fit. But why would Ralph kill Artie? They were co-workers. Were they friends? Oh, yeah. I never heard either of them utter a harsh word to the other. Where's your mum? She's filling Lieutenant Wagner in on what we found. After our meeting earlier, I thought it best let mom talk to Lieutenant. <laughs> Wise idea. They should be up here to the control room shortly. What do we do if you're right? Arrest Ralph on suspicion of murder? That will be up to the Lieutenant. Speak of the devil. I've told the lieutenant everything, Jim. Thanks. Mr. Nolan, you should have filled me in. I tried to. 
You called it hearsay. Oh, yes, I did, didn't I? Maybe now you can see why cooperation is the best. After all, we're on the same team. Jim? What is it? Is that what I think it is? Where? On Sanford's left shoe. I can't see his feet. Don't look at the monitor, look out the glass. You may be right. Mr. McCabe, can you zoom in on Sanford's last shoe without making him suspicious? Sure. I can use the other camera. That's as close as I can get. It is. I don't believe it. The rest of the Snickers wrapper. Come in. What's, uh, what's going on, Hugh? Ralph Sanford, I'm placing you under arrest on suspicion of murdering Artie Beechcroft. You have the right. You got him! Hold still or I'll break your arm! Why, Ralph? Why? I'm not opening my mouth until I talk to my lawyer. You'll have that chance down at the police station. Sergeant McManus, cuff him and read him his rights. Yes, Lieutenant. Bring the squad car around, Sergeant. I've got the suspect. Will do. Mind if we tag along? Not at all. We can go in. Lieutenant! Hands up, mister. Drop the gun or I'll shoot. I mean it. Antonio Migliosi, we meet again. You know this man? Oh, yeah. One of Boston's most prominent bookies. No bet too large. Football games especially. Nice to have a fan. Did you really think you could get away with murdering Ralph Sanford in front of all of us? Hey, I took a chance. Once that sergeant left, I thought I was in the clear. I didn't suspect the lady here was a cop. <clears throat> Not now. Let me guess. Sanford owed you money. Lots of it. I'm a patient man. I gave him a few extensions, tacking on some interest for good measure every time, but he wouldn't pay up. He kept telling me, soon, soon. Said he was going to get a big promotion and a pay hike at the station, and I needed to wait. Well, Antonio Migliosi doesn't live by any man's schedule but his own. The guy was playing me for a fool, so I made an example of him. A, a promotion? I had no intention of promoting Ralph. He killed Artie Beechcroft to make sure you'd have to. What? It makes sense. With the station's chief meteorologist dead, you'd need someone to take his place and his paycheck. Ralph must have guessed he would be a choice to fill that slot. With an extra pay, he could make good on his debts to a friend here. He could have come to me. He didn't have to. To... Sergeant, take Mr. Migliosi to the holding cell. Yes, Lieutenant. But uh, how will my lawyer find me down there? 
Easy, he can follow the stench. Get him out of here. Three, two, one, roll tape. Cue Jim. Hello, I'm Jim Nolan from Nolan Investigations, a local private detective firm. For more than 30 years, we've been serving the needs of Bostonians from our office on Devonshire Street. We know that life isn't fair. All too often, good people have bad things happen to them. When life hands you lemons, we're here to help. Visit our office at 63 Devonshire Street or call us at 555-2397. We'll do everything possible to put things back on the right track. Remember, that's Nolan Investigations. We hope you won't need our services, but if you do, we're here for you. Starring our regular cast, Russell Gold as Jim Nolan, Kim Giannopoulos as Gladys Nolan, and Katie Daynert as the narrator. Guest starring in this episode were Peter Bishop as Hugh McCabe, Lampros Leontos as the studio announcer, Lisa Lynn as Sharon Waters, Peter Catt as Ralph Sanford, Maureen Boudier as Greta Beechcroft, Michael Liebman as Pete Moore, Elise Kroik as Lieutenant Kate Wagner, Dave Morgan as Sergeant McManus, Glenn Haskell as Stanley Marks, and Joe Stofko as Antonio Migliosi. Jim Nolan Private Eye was created by Mike Murphy and Arlene Osborne. The script was written by Mike Murphy. The Jim Nolan Private Eye theme was composed and performed by Vivian Dosko. Please hear more of her wonderful music at myspace.com slash Vivian Dosko. That's V-I-V-I-A-N-D-O-S-K-O-W. Producer, Captain John Tadrzak. Assistant producer, Mike Murphy. Mixer, John Specht. Script editor, Arlene Osborne. Webmaster, April Sadowski. Art director, Alexa Chipman. Visit us on the web at misfitsaudio.com and on Facebook. Thanks to Captain John Tadrzak for airing this show. Mike Murphy gratefully acknowledges the continued help of Arlene Osborne. This production is for enjoyment purposes only. I'm your narrator, Katie Daynert. This is an original production by Misfits Audio. Copyright 2013. All rights reserved. <laughs>